0: Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it all! From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie, Junkie Radio. We roll it!
1: what's going on junkie nation gorgeous george and goes reporting for duty here on a uh excuse me thursday morning it's a thursday august 3rd and we're excited to talk to you here for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest in mixed martial arts got a lot going on this weekend believe it or not and still a little bit of a trickle from last weekend's ufc 291 card so we'll obviously put a bow on that and then start turning the page looking forward to this weekend's card, we have UFC on ESPN 50, which is Sanhagen versus Font. Kind of a big deal, man, to, to stay on ESPN. I can't emphasize that enough. It's accessible to everybody. ESPN's the sports leader, the UFC's the MMA leader. So that's just uh, an incredible partnering. And the fact that they're on there a lot leads me to believe they do good in the ratings. And same thing I'll say about PFL. PFL gets down as well. They're the night before. They're, they're tomorrow night. So they are on ESPN, prelims on ESPN+. They start their playoffs with the featherweights and the light heavyweights. So we'll go over that. We'll go over the UFC ESPN card with Sanhagen Font and everything else below it. The uh, Bellator, if you're curious about Bellator, our poor Bellator is kind of getting left behind there a little bit. They're not till the following weekend, all right? Uh, and I know we maybe just glanced over what happened on uh, this past weekend in Japan, but <laughs> the co-main event blew up. No contest there with Horiyaguchi. There's no no uh, main event. Sorry, no flyweight champ to crown, and then we lost really what we wanted to see, which was AJ McKee against a Pitbull brother, in this case, Patriki uh aj was out de souza stepped in patricky advanced but that grand prix quietly just advanced into the next step so that kind of stuck a little bit for them anyway all right so all that all kinds of news coming at your way we'll be right back to start the show goes and how could i forget we'll also talk about the time spent over at the abc convention plus we'll talk about jake paul versus nate diaz word sounds like fun yeah apparently you don't think it's this one oh, oh oh and duh yeah we'll talk about mario bautista we'll talk to mario bautista who's got a fight coming up against cody garbrandt at UFC 292, August 19th in Boston. Nice card coming up for them. The champ defends at the top of the bill. Algernon Sterling against Sean O'Malley. I think that one will be a big deal. I think O'Malley's super popular. The champ's getting some respect, even though he isn't the most popular guy. He's a little polarizing to both sides. I think he does have fans. I think other fighters really respect what he's doing, but I think he's got some haters too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's just start knocking things off here little by little. Uh, goes ABC, you were there two days. I was there one day. I might go back today. The Association of Boxing Commissions gets together once a year to kind of uh, improve the sport, we'll say, and improve combat sports. And so... I mean, everything you could think of got addressed. Boxing regulations, MMA, bare knuckle, slap flight got addressed. Um, concussions, you know, how to improve on concussions, the studies of concussions. An update on the MMA FA and their little lawsuit that they I shouldn't say little. Their lawsuit that they got against the UFC. Former fighters, as you know, have... Kind of felt like they didn't get their fair share of the pie. They wanted to get treated better. These are former fighters, and they're looking out for themselves, obviously, and the future of the sport. It was a little bit of that. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they got their board of directors. Like I said, everything you could think of, it was workshop after workshop, seminar after seminar, special guest after sem- special guest. So, girls, we'll start with your experience there.
2: Yeah, I think I'm. this has got to be a regular thing for me every year. It was very informative, but at the same time, it was a little depressing in the sense that when it came to MMA media, it was just myself, Dan Tom, John Morgan. John Morgan was there the first day. I didn't see him the second day. And I don't know. I kind of had gotten the feeling from more people that they wanted to be a part of this and and come out and do that. And that's kind of like the critique that we get sometimes from these officials is like, well, you guys don't even take the time to come out here and learn all this stuff. And so it was a little disturbing that there wasn't that many people there, but on the boxing side, on the commission side, it was the biggest group they've ever had. They actually had to bring in tables and chairs on day one because there were so many people. And it was interesting, you know, all the topics that they brought up, some of the statistics that people, some of the big things they were trying to do, like unify the create unified rules across the board for bare knuckle, their statistics that they brought out were kind of interesting, you know, when they when they brought up everybody just kind of looked at it as being so barbaric. But when you look at the stats as far as like KOs, TKOs, decisions, and you match them up against boxing and MMA. It's kind of on, on par, if not better, in some regards. Now, the cuts, that's something a little different, you know. And then they they went over some new rules that they they wanted to implement, like uh, during an accidental headbutt, bringing in a cut man during those five minutes to try and work that cut to give them uh, a little bit more life, things mm-hmm. of that nature. But it was really interesting, and it was all across the board. Like I said, BKFC, slap bite. Uh, MMA, boxing, they hit it all, you know, and, and uh, they're long days, but but they get through it.
1: Yeah, and so on. they started on Sunday, and they had MMA referee class, boxing judging class, MMA referee class advanced, training course for inspectors. A lot of these would have been fun to pop in on, but I had already committed to going to the Manchester United game. And some of them just kind of crossed over the times a little. And then on Monday, we have Spinning Back, like Junkie Radio. We had a conference call for the whole team, two interviews. So, But Monday's was pretty interesting, too. MMA referees, mechanics workshop, boxing referee. I mean, even to just pop in and watch. I'm not trying to be a boxing referee or none of that. MMA judge in course. That would have been cool. I think Dan Tom went to a lot of this. So Mm -hmm. he really brushed up on a lot. That's awesome. And then at night, they'd get together and they all went to a a live band and a show downtown. So they would wind down pretty cool, you know, after the day. But the the days were really, really busy. Your first day, I think, had, you know, the opening remarks from Mike Mazzuli. He runs ABC, uh, financial reports. uh, Hunter Campbell appeared on behalf of the UFC. Excuse me. Boxing rules updates. Combat registry box rate uh, box rec update managing pro fighters uh, Ali Abdelaziz did that one MMA rules committee Andy Foster so I'm naming off here a few guys any of those that you want to talk about you know for as
2: much good as they're trying to accomplish there's also a lot of personalities right different commissions like to do things different ways mm-hmm. so there was a little bit of drama and pushback amongst people. One of those was Ali Abdelaziz when he did his speech. Um, the commissioner from Georgia kind of took offense to a couple of things he said. So they had a little bit of a back and forth. Uh, Colorado. Do you remember
1: what that was about?
2: Uh, I don't know. He didn't say exactly. He was just saying that basically he was saying he he would have liked them to to weigh in more and pay attention. And that guy right away got the mic and and said, look, dude, I called you. We talked about it. It, uh, I told you it's not part of my jurisdiction. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then he said, well, but I was on the phone with Andy Foster for an hour, New York, two hours. I felt like they gave more care about the situation. Like, it was one of those. I'm not. They didn't say what it was about. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, Colorado is kind of, like, trying to implement some of their own stuff. And, and you obviously consistency is what we all want. We want all the rules to be the same across the board. That's what's yeah. going on here with BKFC, right? You have uh, BYB, I think, is the other one. And I can't remember what the third one is. But we want them to all just have the same rules, and and apparently, I think this morning that that did pass, uh, unified rules for BKFC. So that's a big deal for them. But having all those different personalities, and then you have your your tribal uh, reservations. There there is a little bit of drama that goes back and forth, you know. But I, I think everybody everybody gets through it one way or another.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. It's definitely not supposed to get contentious. Um, I think everyone's trying to work together, but it could be that this is the first time some people have ever even met each other. And it all depends on the delivery, too. You know, it all depends on how you come across. Um, but anyway, uh, where I'm just trying to kind of go over and give people an idea of what went on there and yes i would encourage now i guess i want to do clarify one thing you're talking about media that you recognize some more like the 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 normal circuit of media that you run into at a ufc event is what you're talking about right goes because for all we know i'll make up a name but phil phillips from some outlet you know back east might have been there you just wouldn't know that maybe he just started in mma
2: Perhaps, yeah, but even then, mm-hmm. I don't really think there was Phil Phillips either.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. Well, there was a lot of people there, and I don't—I definitely didn't know who uh, all of them were. Um, but I believe because you're right, uh, recognizable faces from who, who were we rub, rub, uh, rub elbows with when we cover the sport. Yeah, I didn't see hardly anyone there uh, at all. The one I really wanted to see was folks by Dr. Jeff Davidson. Do you, you happen to catch that one?
2: I think so. Yeah. And that was actually, you know what, that kind of created a moment that was probably their most, um, an organized moment, mm. you know, because what happened there was Andy Foster was up there talking about him and he had initially presented this, this discussion as not a rule change, but like a, uh, like an idea, like throwing out ideas or something. Right. So he's talking about fouls and eye pokes. So the example he gave was like fighter A is on top of fighter B, right? Right. Takes down fighter B. Uh, Fighter B pokes fighter A in the eye and the referee stands them up, but doesn't return them back to that position on the ground. So their whole point was it could have taken fighter A forever to take fighter B down, but that foul actually worked in the favor of fighter B. But then, what Andy Foster would kind of do is like rely on the referees a lot. So Mark Smith, uh, Mark Goddard were there. Uh, hey, Mark, what do you think? You know, and Mark would say, Well, I would do this, this, and that, which was a little contradictory to what Andy was saying. And then Mark Goddard would come in and say, Well, I'll even add to this. Sometimes I do this and that. And they they were kind of like on different pages. So when Andy would say, Well, what about this? One? everybody kind of had a different opinion and it was starting to look bad. Right. Because isn't that kind of what everybody complains about is at the end of the day, the fighters don't know the rules here. And, and apparently even the commission just needs to be more clear, like have a stance. This is exactly what we do because Mm -hmm. referees were kind of like, well, what I like to do is, uh, no, it was, what I like to do is this and that, and it, it wasn't uh, across the board. So, yeah, Mark Smith, Mark Goddard were, were there every day that I was there. I saw them both there. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. I think they were the only uh, – I think – Herb? I didn't see Herb, but I think Herb was there the first couple of days doing the repping and all yeah. that. Okay. Um, I think there might have been a couple of judges there for those days, but the days that I were there, Sean Wheelock was there every day. Um, and so anyways, it kind of created a little bit of a like, pandemonium moment. Mm-hmm. And then to top it all off, on the slides that Andy Foster was showing, was it, it literally said rule change at the top. Like, rule change number three. And so um, there were a couple embarrassing moments like that. Whoa. But uh, that's just something I think that's like the major gripe is – you know, we have to get on board and have something where you just know when this foul occurs, this is what happens. Right. And uh, one thing I will give them credit for was we used to kind of call this playing the game a little bit back in the day, but they made this more like a, let's just make it a thing. And it's where there's an eye poke. And if the referee asks you, so the doctor came up and was talking about, you know when they put the little the little pen in your eye with the light? Yeah, he's like, if you do that too early, you might cause the eye to spasm. So he was saying, don't do that anymore. Who said that? The doctor. Okay. And um, let's get away from doing that, and let's get away from asking the fighter, "Can you see?"
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you for getting to that. Okay. Because
2: um, you know, a lot of times the fighter, no matter what, is not going to be able to see you know, but right. that will clear up within the five minutes. So what Andy Foster, Andy Foster was saying was, why don't we just wait till the end to ask that question? Correct, But Let's yes. all get away from asking that early on, and, um, and the referees all agreed, yeah, like we need to kind of delay that. Now you might ask, uh, well, wait a minute, aren't you guys kind of getting around the rules a little bit? Uh, maybe, but you have to kind of understand that, they may not see at that moment but it doesn't mean it's not going to clear up within the five minutes so i like that they kind of got to some kind of agreement where where everybody just agreed let's just not ask that until the very end
1: yeah um okay perfect because that's one thing that if i would have been there at that one i would have asked okay because i noticed recently there's been some pretty bad eye pokes where fingers are slipping through the eye socket and obviously it's serious and if it's serious enough that the fighter can't go then he can't go, and we shouldn't admonish a fighter for it because how can we te- how can we question their courageousness if you're even involved in the sport at all? Imagine at that level, like, you have to have gotten through a lot of fights and won a lot of fights and not lost many times to even be there. Um, now, and then here's another thing, too. Is there a situation where a fighter may be messing with, oh, man, these last two rounds, I got my ass handed to me. This guy's got my number. Oh, I got a knife. Oh, Could this be my way out? I shouldn't say two rounds. Well, I guess two rounds in a title fight. There you go. Because after two rounds, you really do go to a judge's, but depending on the, the, uh, on the foul itself. But you know what I mean, right? It's just someone looking for a way out. Yeah, they're going to hear it. But guess what? That might be enough punishment is what they're going to hear on social media anyway. Um, but we don't know. That's the thing is they really may have gotten hurt. Like I may really have gotten my butt kicked by Ghost for a whole round and four minutes of round two, and we're going into round three, and they're probably going to tell me in the corner, you need to knock out a Ghost," or he's going to take a decision here because t- 10-8, the first round, by the way, and at that point. But I really, what I really can't see that doesn't make me a puss. It you know, doesn't deny the fact that goes mock me up, right? But if I really can't see, then that sucks. Now, I guess the social media abuse, you can't get around it. You can't scold every fan and go, hey, make sure you don't abuse goes. He, or George, you really got an eye vote. No, that's not going to happen, right? But um, the, there, there are some times where we see a competitive fight, and one of the two parties gets poked, and then the deal is um, – as soon as they do it, I've seen the doctor come in quick. And when the doctor comes in quick, they probably go through their series of questions and eventually they get to it. Either they they bat lead off with, can you see these fingers or can you see at this moment? And if the fighter doesn't say that at that moment, you know the referee's going to show some concern. An inexperienced ref could even wave it off. Who knows? Let's wait till the very end. And if it hasn't cleared up, then you're out now i would say maybe i'm just a a beginner here but i would say that a fighter should be able to get a towel and at least like when i played football uh some sort of water to squirt in my eye even that can sometimes clear things up i may not use it but at least hand it to them because you feel like if you could just kind of like squirt your eye a little bit and then dab it with a towel Maybe something starts to clear up. Who knows, man? Even a little eyelash can tickle your eyeball, right? That's something so, they brought up.
2: So yeah. they shared that it apparently it seems like what fighters tend to like the most is the cold press and a towel. That seems mm-hmm. to kind of help a lot. So it's good that yeah. they shared that information with everyone. And you have to remember every commission is different, right, what they tell their their referees, their judges – so uh, granted, a lot of these people travel across state and all that, but uh, you do come across some commissions where you don't recognize any of them referees or whatever. So it's right. good to share that knowledge. And and that, that's probably like the most – the biggest takeaway from what they're trying to do is just get on the same page. And um, I'm glad that everything's growing so that they can come closer to doing that.
1: And when the UFC goes somewhere that they haven't been to in a while, a lot of times you'll see – We call them Nevada judges. Folks, I know not everyone lives in Nevada, but we call them the Nevada judges, meaning the ones that are the most experienced. Uh, You'll see a couple of them, but that commission from Tennessee or North Dakota or Oklahoma or wherever they may be, they'll introduce one of their inspectors, maybe one of their reps, excuse me, one of their judges. And I get it because they want to give them experience at the high level. They feel like they're ready for it. And oftentimes, sometimes that might be the score where you're like, oh man, like well, what was that guy thinking, that gal thinking, whatever. That happens. But yeah, so what used to happen with the referees was let's say goes poked me, an experienced ref, like and, and the five minutes wasn't automatic. An experienced ref would go, oh, timeout. All right, George, go in this corner. I want you to stand right here. Hang on a second, you know, and then he'd grab goes, put his hand on his chest, goes, I want you to stand right here. He goes, "I saw the eye poke. Let me go tend to him. I don't want you talking to his co- to your corner. He's saying all that really slow, but he's buying me an extra 10 15 seconds just to see, right? Then he's done with you. He comes back over with me. He goes, "All right. I saw the poke. How you feeling? You know, whatever it is he's saying to to me at that point, he's buying me time, buying me time. Now, we're beyond that. We don't he, he doesn't need to buy me time. I can get 5 minutes if I want it, right? Right. Except now, what we can't do is I can't tell them, I can't see, I can't see. Because at that point, I could really run into some trouble because they can run into some, into some trouble if they allow me to fight. And I'm very vocal about seeing I can't see. So they got to get around that by saying, and I know this sounds terrible, but by saying, hey, look, let's give you some time. I want to give you a cold press and a towel. Let's see if things clear up or whatever, without avoiding the direct Uh, question about vision or anything. At that point in time, if the doctor wants to come in, I suppose he could. I suppose he could oversee it, maybe take a look. There might be a laceration there. There might be something that tells him right away, no, 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 this is just no good whether you decide to continue or not. I already see an injury that's really, really bad. I, I understand that, right? But if it's just a matter of clearing up, then I think at some point, yeah, the doctor probably needs to wait a little bit and at least three minutes maybe, at mm-hmm. least three minutes, and then start to come in with fingers or this or that or can you do this or can you do that or whatever. Because guess what? As all this is happening, fans are starting to move. People are starting to get restless. I bet you it's so quiet sometimes in the apex that you can hear the announcers start talking. Well, we might go to the cards, the judges' cards. We're not going to the judges' cards. I didn't see her go with her and admonish goes. This could just be a warning. So, you know, uh, uh, there's all kinds of things going back. I imagine that could be stressful. You're thinking about, you know, your whole career <laughs> splashing in front of your eyes. No no pun intended. And so it could be, you know, like I say, a, a, an uncomfortable situation for all parties around. I wish they would just kind of get that figured out the same way. It's not as easy as the cup. The cup is just, hey, we know that dude's in pain. Let mm-hmm. them recover, right? There's no doctor that needs to come in and say, "Let me see them waves," right? He probably just asks you your degree of pain or whatever. And uh, but with the eye, you know, that can be so much more complicated. But yeah, that was that's something that I think we can definitely get better on, but we have been getting better on as well.
2: Yeah, little by little, but they're getting there.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, the uh, hopefully a lot of judges and referees came together. And spoke, and they can go back. Kind of thinking, like you said, goes same wavelength. Uh, I know that they chat quite frequently, all of them, anyway. But in person, you can get so much more done. And mm-hmm. I hope that they managed to the break away. I think that a lot of that was on Sunday, judging and refereeing, Sunday and Monday. Uh, and 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 hopefully they they did that. All right. Now, let's get to some of the stuff that's obviously pretty interesting. Uh, Let's get this one out of the way. Tough took place. uh, I think we're out of the area of being spoilers. And if you haven't watched it, I mean, what can I say? Too bad. Tough luck. How's that sound? Um, No, listen. This is Thursday morning. And Brad Katona advanced, and he beat to more of a value of good fight. Between the two, they're both really Team Chandler, except that Team Chandler had seven people advance to the semifinals. And uh, Team McGregor had one, I guess, quarterfinals, excuse me, but really semifinals because there's two different weight classes. And the winner of these fights would basically be guaranteed a spot in the uh, finale. And... Um, Katona trains with SBG. That's where he really, really trains 365 days of the year. So he, that's why he was willing to go there and go with Coach Kavanaugh because that's his coach. So he represented Team McGregor in this matchup. And I guess you could say Team McGregor defeated Team Chandler. Uh, what did you think of the episode, Gus? I actually was not able to watch this episode. Oh, oh sorry about that. Did I just uh-huh. spoil it for you? I know you're big on spoilers. No, no,
2: no. no not with tough.
1: Okay. Okay. All right, well, um, yeah, tough fight. Controversial uh, fight, for sure. Katona gets the decision. He moves on. And, you know, Katona's on his way to possibly being a two-time winner of tough. No one's ever done that. Um, How controversial
2: do you think the decision was?
1: Katona disagrees with the fact that he should have been cut to begin with. Uh, It's up there, I guess. Um, But... I didn't think it was anything where you're like, what? Like, you know, I had a thirty twenty-seven the other way. It wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's it's kind of funny that I guess, like, Gregor has something to hang his hat on. I mean, look, to be fair, it is his teammate. It just didn't work out that it was veterans versus youngins mm-hmm. or prospects. And Katona is definitely not that, right? He's not a, a prospect. He's already been in the UFC, but he is part of. Team SVG, which you might as well call Team McGregor at some at some point because he's the one that kind of put them on the map. No disrespect to the coach and Coach Owen Roddy. Anyway, um, but I wanted to really kind of use that to also spring ahead and ask you this. Since Justin Gagey won, McGregor called him out. Gagey's told the media, hey, he's turned me down six times. So I'm not even thinking about him. I'm thinking about Oliveira and Makhachev, and the winner of that. He's clear about he doesn't want to be the sub in Abu Dhabi, but he might go watch it just to be in attendance. Um, but he did say, if you pay me enough money, I would be the sub. Um, anyway, th- what I wanted to get to goes was Michael Chandler. He's done a little bit of media as well, and he just think it's just he thinks it's just a little bit of recency bias because the question is, has McGregor has that ship sailed past? Chandler, and now should we seriously be considering a McGregor-Gagey fight? Obviously, we know Gagey's got bigger fish to fry because he wants a title. But there is a massive payday that comes with fighting Conor McGregor that could be life-changing, right? So Mm -hmm. what would you do, knowing that that other fight is still three months away, and remember, goes, if they have a classic, the UFC could go, man, how could we not do Makachev Oliveira 2? It's 1-1. We need the trilogy in Brazil. Blah, blah, blah. You see what I'm saying? As that all unfolds, um, could Gagey be fighting a massive fight against Conor McGregor, we'll say, in December? Maybe McGregor gets that exemption and doesn't have to wait six months.
2: I think uh, I think they've been kind of clear on I don't think they're going to give Conor that exemption. Right. Um. So if I'm if I'm just engaging, I just don't wanna. It's it's very public, you know what Conor McGregor's going through in his life, mm. the ups and downs, the craziness. Does not seem to give up. It does not stop. I'm not putting all my car. I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket. If I'm just engaging, no matter how big that payday is, uh, it's just it's not somebody you can depend on. So, I, I look towards the belt. That's my focus. And if something comes out of that Connor fight, great. But even then, man, like I, I just don't know about Connor McGregor and his future as a fighter. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's yeah, kind of what I would think, too. Um, it's funny because I saw some different postings and one of them said, sign the contract. But you know what I think would be a little bit more, has a little more sting to it at this point, goes, and this could mm-hmm. come from Gagey, Chandler, anyone. Take the fist test. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. And pee, in front of USADA, pee in front of Usada, and then we know you're serious. Uh pee in front of Usada, and then wipe wash your filthy hands and then go uh sign the contract. Otherwise, don't don't even mention my name. Mm-hmm. You know, something I think like Chandler that told something that antagonize right? him. I mean, something that backs him into a corner, I guess. I don't know what.
2: I think Chandler told him that, right?
1: Well, I think what everyone's saying is, oh, no, that guy's on steroids. I don't want to fight anyone on steroids. I mean, I don't know because I, I guess I'm not in – I don't click everything. Dude, there's so much goes. If you click YouTube and watch a video, have you ever seen at the end when it's done and then it's, it's cut like into 12 little pieces of what you can continue? Not just the stuff on the right that's related to what you just watched, but the front page can kind of cut into 12 little pieces about everyone else that has something to say about this. Uh, so I haven't caught everything, but um, do you remember what Chandler said? Or, or I'm going to
2: look for it right now, but I thought, I thought he literally tweeted that, like, just shut up and piss in a cup already or something like that. It's not that hard or something like that.
1: Yeah, because I will say this. When they keep showing McGregor, I know this was filmed in March or something like that, February or March. McGregor's massive, dude. He was standing there without his shirt, talking about Katona or something like that. And he's massive. His shoulders, everything—like you could just tell. Obviously, this guy way bigger than what he used to compete at. Um, and I bet you, it all feels good—the testosterone, everything. You know, it, it feels good. But you, you just can't—you can't fight like that. That's—that's that's, this sport is regulated pretty strictly by USADA. I'm not saying that you can't cheat around them because I've seen other athletes in other sports uh, who get tested by USADA, Olympics, everything, not get caught. Mm-hmm. But, uh, or at least it, it would appear that way. Uh, what, I ha- what I have always said is, hey, look, if you pass the testing, then I can't call you a cheater. Chael cracks me up because Chael says the eye test. He says he knows how to spot them. You're not going to pass <laughs> his test. But, um, you know, I've seen a lot of athletes in the Olympics over the years where I'm like, dude, how does that person pass? It just doesn't look normal, but whatever. Um, so whatever testing there is, I guess the highest level probably is USADA. That's probably what they use for the Olympics, the Tour de France, everything. If you're passing, I can't accuse you of everything. That guy, Rob Wilkinson goes, he won four in a row last year, won the title. I'll call him champ because they didn't catch him last year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They caught him this year. And this year, yeah, I'll go, bro, you know, the? Uh, I I mean, I, I don't like to just flat out call people cheaters or anything, but I I would say you were obviously caught with something. What was that? I was just watching something out of the corner of my eye. Um, uh, but, you know, this year, I guess it's fair to say, you know, you cheated and you got caught and or whatever. But um, anyway, go ahead. Did you find it?
2: Yeah. So four days ago, he said, just pee in the cup already. It ain't that complicated. That was Chandler to, to Connor.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, piss in a test. And I think we'll all start paying attention to what you got to say or what the possibilities are. Otherwise, you're raining on parades. You're swagger jacking. Um, But I kind of like how Gagey's reaction is. Gagey's almost dismissing him as no big deal. The funny thing is, is if he fizzes in a test, sorry, if he fizzes in a cup, everyone gets excited about the prospects of fighting him because he is a big payday. I wish it wasn't like that, honestly. I wish it wasn't like guys whoring themselves a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, So many people would love to fight Conor McGregor for that payday. And I don't know. What I like about Conor McGregor... I'll give him this, is he forged his own path. Yes, he kind of was looking for a fight and this and that and chasing Aldo along the way, but he's the one that set the wheels in motion to make himself the most popular draw ever, and I wish other fighters would try and do that in their own way. You don't have to act like Conor, but just do it in your own way so you can get there. One could say Nate Diaz, in a way, kind of did that. You know what I mean? him, as well too, I think. Jorge Must it all a little bit, although Jorge sometimes is clamored for that fight. But whatever. You know, maybe I would do it too. Who knows? Maybe it's maybe the money's so good that I would do it too. I'm not gonna lie. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this is where we're at, folks. Um until he really acknowledges that he's done it and the news comes out that he's back in the testing pool, I guess all this just doesn't mean nothing. And Gagey probably should wait out the winner because chances are, I'm not saying these guys suck, but chances are that it maybe it won't be a classic, but it can be 1-1 it can be 1-1 and the UFC loves trilogies so you never know
2: yeah, it could be
1: yeah, Uh, All right. now that we got all of that to the side, uh, is there any other news or stories you want to touch on before we start looking forward to this weekend?
2: um No mostly it has to do with this weekend.
1: okay yeah, I'm scanning the news here man. junkie's out of control. they put out so many stories um God I want to make sure I don't miss one but uh, oh so the Seranos, or Amanda Serrano signed with TFL the boxer, which mm-hmm. is kind of big news. you know what I mean but um I think she's only she's gonna do the the favorite view, huh she's fought MMA. yeah, well, it's just a big name for the PFL. Uh, and then, of course, you always hear about the PFL and Bellator stuff, but that hasn't happened yet. And um, yeah, um, I guess that would be kind of maybe the big stuff going on this weekend. But as we get to the, uh, as we get to this weekend, let's go in order. PFL 7, 2023 Playoffs. We have. Bubba Jenkins against Jesus Pinedo. Jesus Pinedo is a Peruvian fighter that finished uh, Brandon Lockname. So that's a semifinal, or, yeah, I guess we call them semifinals. And then Josh Silvera versus Ty Flores. We got Chris Wade against Gabriel Alves Raga. And you can definitely, you can definitely say that Wade versus Jenkins would be a massive, pretty damn big, for the PFL, it would be a pretty big final. And then you got Martin Hamlet against Inva Kasanganai in the other semifinal. Any thoughts on those guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you can if that can end up being your final for the PFL, uh, with the, the heat that those two guys have, you know, it's so weird is to me like Chris Wade is one of the nicest dudes and just seems so easy to get along with. But man, he's got some people that don't like him. And uh but I feel like this might be Bubba Jenkins' year. You know the dude is doing better physically um, and mentally. He just seems like he's in a really good place. He's understanding. Yeah, I guess a lot of the kids nowadays say he's in the matrix, right? Like he's he's understanding everything that's going on around him. I just feel like it's his year, dude. I I, I think this this kid might run away with it.
1: Yeah, and they're one one in their fights. So it'd be interesting to see a trilogy there between those two, but yeah, Chris Wade, man, I don't think he would pee on Bubba Jenkins if Bubba Jenkins was on fire. Um, They don't like each other. I have fun interviewing both. I think you would say the same thing. They just can't stand each other.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now
1: that said, this Pinedo guy is kind of an interesting story. He takes out Nane. And if he can take out Jenkins, holy cow. I mean, a lot of people might be kind of rooting for him, you know, some fresh blood at the top.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't feel like he's got this. I don't think he's a bad fighter. I just don't think he has the skills just yet.
1: Mm-hmm. And probably uh-huh. what happened to uh, the undefeated fighter movlid Kabulayev?" he withdrew because of injury, and that's why Chris Wade's stepping in. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Movelit is a tough cat. Like, uh, he is one of those guys that you point to over at, at the UFC and you say, I, I think this dude would, would do just as well over there. I think Bubba Jenkins would would, do, would give a good run over there as well. Like, there, there's some talent here.
1: Oh, yeah, the killer. That's his nickname. He has never lost. He's got one draw, I believe, but he's never lost. Um, he missed one year of competition. And then came back and looked a little rusty against Ryoji Kudo. But for the most part, you know, he got back on track pretty quickly. And that was it. His only draw is to Andre Harrison back in 2019, even before the pandemic. But, uh, yeah, he's out because of injury. So that's a costly injury. And Wade steps in. And the semifinals are on ESPN. And that's this Friday, August 4th. Tune in on ESPN Plus for the prelims. And then on ESPN, you want to go there at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, This is the first round of the playoffs. Basically, that's it before the finals. And this is featherweight and light heavyweight. All right, moving on here. Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz goes. The card here is as follows. Amanda Serrano versus Heather Hardy. Uh, coming event, Chris Avila against Jeremy Stevens. Avila is the guy that socked Darren Till in some mix up behind the curtain there at, at a UFC weigh in, I believe. Some say he even knocked him out. I don't know if he did that, but uh, when they got into it, I guess this was the, the guy's part of Nate Diaz's crew. Um, those are the three big fights. There's some other prelims, but these fighters are like, you know. One and 2 and one, whatever. But the big ones seem to be least the familiar names: Chris Avila versus Jeremy Stevens. Amanda Serrano versus Heather Hardy, Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. You tuning in?
2: Yeah, uh, Serrano and Hardy is actually kind of a fun matchup. Like I like that they threw that one on there, but everything is in that main event. You know that's why you're paying the money. And unfortunately, to this point. We are in a different situation than I thought we were going to be. If you asked me when they signed this fight what I envisioned, I envisioned these guys going back and forth. I envisioned shoves at press conferences, stealing hats, uh, the way the Pauls do their little funny videos, you know, something. It's really just kind of been buried by Nate Diaz not really wanting to promote this and at the same time there's just been a lot of crazy stories in mixed martial arts you know that that have probably drowned out some of that stuff um mm-hmm. but at the end of the day i i'm gonna tune in but i really thought we would be in a different spot
1: yeah um do you think diaz can beat him no but, yeah,
2: i guess i guess he could but all signs point to no um, it depends. If Jake Paul tries to get too aggressive, maybe he's in trouble. But if he's just stick and move guy, he's just too fast
1: for a guy like Nate Diaz. So I Yeah, think he's bigger and thicker. You know what I mean? You can definitely tell just when they stand next to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have Jake Paul on this one. Yeah, I would say that if Diaz had a hard three months of training and dedicated himself to just you know, like a high-volume-pressure type fight that can maybe drain Jake Paul, maybe a lot, a lot of tie-ups, you know what I mean? Going to the body, mixing it up, yes. But if they're just standing there across from each other within the distance that boxers normally do, I think Jake Paul's going to have his way. I think he's too fast, too big, too strong. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do feel like Diaz has this incredible conditioning not just in MMA, folks. This guy's done half triathlons. Um, you know, I think, I think he's on paper saying, I've never done a full triathlon, but whatever. He does triathlons and mini marathons or whatever. And uh, he leads a pretty clean lifestyle when it comes to his nutrition and everything. But he's also getting up there in age, folks. He lacks um,
2: power. And he's yeah. wearing boxing gloves now, too, so the, the power goes down a little bit.
1: That's why I'm saying he's got to be in his face, throwing, 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 getting out of like the fourth and sixth round where Jake Paul's—it's—he's having trouble getting off the stool because he's exhausted. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be rooting for Nate because I'm always on Teen MMA, but I just—I don't know—I get stung so many times. Crossing my fingers, clutching my purse, hoping that the MMA guy brings it in, biting my towel, and it never happens. It rarely happens. Um, I'm, I'm not going to bet against Nate Diaz, but, uh, I'm going to root for him. Um, yeah. let's talk to Mario Batista, UFC Bantamweight, who's got a big fight coming up against Cody Garbrandt at UFC 292 on August 19th. Junkie Nation, what's going on? We're back. Gorgeous George and goes always delivering the big names here in the sport of mixed martial arts. Today we get to talk to Mario Batista, who's got a big fight coming up at UFC 292 in Boston in August, the 19th to be exact, his opponent, Cody Gartbrandt.
0: Mario, how you doing, my man? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Well, look, we're excited to talk to you. And like I told you before the interview, I want to start off with an apology. um, Bro. You've been in the UFC for a minute now. Like, we're getting close to 10 fights. You got an impressive record, 12-2 and two overall. You have an 83, almost 84% finishing rate, which is really, really great, honestly, especially for the lower class, the lower weight classes, which sometimes, you know, they, you guys just don't have as high of a finishing rate, especially when it comes to knockouts as the a, as a heavyweights. So but you, you're getting down. You know, you're, you're going out there, you're finishing, um, and you're on a card that's uh, – got a big big spotlight on it for this division so anyway how how we haven't chatted with you more often that's our bad the world (laughs) needs to know a little bit more about you man seriously do you feel the same way like maybe you've been overlooked uh
0: in a way but you know i i don't mind it too much you know i've been kind of flying under the radar you know and and that's fine you know um but yeah now i get the opportunity to to really showcase my skills and and have like a you know a good card to be on for everyone to, sh- for everyone to see.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll yeah, co sign, and- I'll give us a yellow
1: card. Mm-hmm. We, we deserve it, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, you know, you've and you face some really, really good, talented opposition, you know, along the way while getting these finishes. Of course, Cody being a former champion and having such a huge name, I think this could be the big uh you know welcome to the dance if you will but at the same time hey it gets tougher right the opposition gets tougher we know this guy can wrestle we know this guy's got hands we know he's got experience um tell me though how are you how can you can how can you communicate to us that you're not going to be overwhelmed by the moment facing a big name like Cody Garbrandt
0: oh it's just it's just another fight you know uh that's all it is to me you know you know he's had some you know, ups and downs lately. So um, I'm looking to capitalize on that. And like I said, I'm not putting too much pressure on myself. Um, Like I said, it's just another fight to me. And and he's someone that can be beat and that has been beat before. So um, all I can do is just work as hard as I can, you know, and, uh, you know, roll the dice out there just like I do any other time. And it usually works out pretty good for me
1: are you along as far as you would want? You're at a key number in your age. You're at 30 years old. You're 12 and two overall. Like I said, you're getting close to your 10th fight in the UFC. Are you about where you would want to be at this point?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I still got, you know, a few more years, you know, and I started out kind of late, so I don't really have the mileage um, that most people would at, at this age, you know? So, um, yeah, I feel like I'm exactly where I need to be. And, you know, you know, primed out, ready to ready to keep on cutting through through this division.
1: I got one more question for you before I turn it over to goes here. On your topology, which again, I was looking over top to bottom, you know we see a younger Mario Batista there. Uh, you know, you got a shorter haircut. Um, you, you looked, you know like like the guy you just described, the guy that just started out, you know, an innocent look to you. And then there's this young kid behind you who almost looks like you could be like your little brother or something. Like I, I'm not sure why he would be in that cage at that moment. It looks like an LFA fight. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Uh I would, I would have to see the picture. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not too sure. Was he Mexican like me?
1: It looked like it, yeah. And he's got this look. Either like, damn, that's my bro, he's a badass, or you just kicked his brother's ass and he's looking at you going, man, if he sticks around long enough and I get older, I'm going to take it to him.
0: Oh, man. Well, let's hope it's not that one. You know, I don't want to see there's no young, youngster coming for me. Uh, but I'll definitely have, I have to check that picture out for sure. Was there anyone,
1: when you started off, that, you know, you know we always see these pictures of fighters going to events as young guys and then pulling... Pulling a fighter aside and taking a picture, and then years later, you know, now you're doing what they do. But is there a fighter that you that same thing like that just kind of moved you and you said, Man, I want to follow in this guy's footsteps or do what he's doing? Uh,
0: I never met anyone personally. Um, You know, it's always been in the gym. Someone I've looked up to, um, you know, coming to the gym was Benson Henderson at, at the MMA lab, just seeing how hard that guy's worked. So that's definitely someone I follow, but. Honestly, the the first UFC I I went to was was my debut. I I never I've never been to a UFC before before then. So that was my uh, that was my first time. Oh,
2: wow. okay. that's all these finishes that you get, you know, in a row, the way you've done it, uh, the pacing that you keep in a fight. Is that from fight to fight or is it just guaranteed Mario Batista keeps this pace no matter who the
0: opponent is? Honestly, I, I've been I've had a little bit more confidence lately. You know, I, I think ever since the the Brian Kelleher fight, and uh, it's just been through my training. You know, I've I've gotten better in the gym, and that's just years of hard work and feeling comfortable and getting the experience. You know, uh, I got into the UFC at six and zero. You know, I think I turned pro, and within eighteen months, I was already in the UFC. So it, it went by pretty fast. Um, so I've definitely grown up in the UFC a lot. And, you know, getting this finishes, I've just gotten more and more confident, you know, each fight.
2: You, uh, you know, you were able to ask for this fight particular in your post-fight speech. You said this is what you wanted and this is what you got. Can you maybe talk a little bit about the process of how that came about? Did the matchmakers tell you, hey, good call on this one? Were you surprised to hear you got basically exactly what you wanted?
0: Um in a way you know because i'm a pretty quiet guy you know i'm not on, i didn't get on the mic and you know you know hey connor you're taking everything i work for blah 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 um so a little bit i was surprised you know but um you know my record speaks for itself in my performances so that's all i'm writing on you know um i'm not the best on the mic so um i i have to let these performances speak for themselves and and earn it earn it the way i think i should you know the through my performances and through hard work.
2: Now, if this goes your way and it's the fight that we all think it's going to be, I don't see why you can't call the next shot. Uh, You might not share it with us now, but do you have that name on the tip of your tongue? Do you kind of already forecast a little bit?
0: Um, Not so much names, you know, I definitely want a top 15 for sure, or at the edge of the top 10, depending on the performance that I have. So, um, you know, you, you could, you could call out someone in the top 15 and then them fight a month from now and then get kicked out of the top 15. And now I just called out someone that's, that's not ranked. So um, I I just want a number afterwards. I just, I want to be in the rankings and, and get the the ball rolling and, and start cutting through that.
1: So if other fighters are watching this interview, can you look them in the eye and go, Hey guys, it paid off for me to, attach myself to a name in my previous post fight you know cuz that's what we're always encouraging fighters to do sometimes fighters just don't want to do it but to me it's it's a no brainer you know it kind of gets the wheels in motion and and this is a sport where you kind of just have to be a little selfish and think about yourself
0: yeah definitely i think like the higher you climb the more the more it makes sense to call out people but you know if you if you debut and you call out you know someone in the top 15. It, it, and if it doesn't make sense, you know, it has to come out genuine. And, right. you know, and, and that's what I try to do, even though it was kind of like a, a soft call out, you know, it's just, it's just the way I am. You know, I'm, it's not in my nature, but, you know, if you, if you call me out, I'm, I'm fighting you for sure. And if you talk shit to me, I'm, I'm going to talk shit back, you know, but I'm not, I'm never going to be the one to, to start it.
1: Geez, good thing I started off with an apology, man. This guy means business. Did you hear that? <laughs> he sounds like he could be a money collector. Um, you know what, you know, which one I'm getting tired of though? Is 50 G's, baby. How about you guys? You know, like I I I they say, you're not supposed to ask for it because the matchmakers are like, oh, this guy or gal. But I've heard it a lot lately, and, and I get it. Look, the, the biggest name our sports ever seen, McGregor. He put it on the map. I think I've heard it now about a hundred times. And so now i'm officially want to retire that how about you mario do you, uh do you like that one or, or do you have a way to hint at like hey i wouldn't mind getting that bonus later on dana
0: yeah i, I don't like when they call out for, for the bonuses you know if you have a good performance and you know it, you deserve it you're gonna get it no matter what like you should just let it happen if you're gonna get it you get it that's fine but i would never ask for it you know i've, I've seen guys ask for it saying on their debuts. Oh, I, I need these 50 Gs so I can quit my job. And dude, I quit my job on a loss, you know, and I went home with like $6,000 and I, I quit my job and I put it all on the line and you know, it's paid off for me. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of when they 50 Gs, baby. yeah, I'm not with it.
1: Where did you used to work?
0: I worked for safe Flight auto glass, a, a glass company, changing out windshields here in Phoenix out of all places, you know, during the summer it's just oh,
1: give me a story yeah. give me a story it's 120 degrees and you gotta mount that down i just had that done about three months ago it's about 118 120 you're mounting it the guy's probably telling you hey man you're gonna take
0: long did you almost just throw down right then and there you have a good story oh no you, i mean i've always remained professional but man when i get off work i'm just like damn i do not want to do this for the rest of my life you know i i gotta make something happen so uh Yeah, no no crazy stories, just, you know, your usual customer, you know, nagging customer here and there, touching hot glass, you know, the the usual thing. you ever drop one? Uh, I haven't dropped one. I think holding one in the heat, that glass flexes pretty easily. So I've I've definitely broke. Oh, yeah, it'll flex a little bit more during this heat. So you got to be super careful. You know, you take out a customer's windshield, you're going to put in the new one, cracks. Now you got to go
1: well, hold on, 40 that's minute drive. Well, that's a story. Tell us. Did that happen to you?
0: Oh, plenty of times. You know, you go out to a job. That glass cracks. You know, you call your manager. Okay. Um, well, we don't have anyone. You're going to have to go pick it up. You got to explain to the customer. You got to head back to the, to the warehouse. Come <laughs> back. Add an hour extra to your day. And then right. you got to call the remaining customers. Hey, I'm going to be an hour late. Next customer. Hey, I'm going to be an hour late. And you just pray that they don't uh they're not pissed off you know have you ever oh, had back
1: to back ones break on you i'm laughing my ass
0: <laughs> oh my god it, if it was back to back i probably would i would probably call in i'd be like hey um i'm done i'm done you guys can come pick up the truck right now
2: <laughs> hey so we actually i found this picture george is talking about i don't know if you see it.
0: oh i have right no. note no, that dude, I have no clue who that is. He's coming for me, though. I he's coming it. for
1: you, dude. Yeah, you either dude. kicked his brother's ass or maybe something in the post fight you said. Like maybe, I don't know where that fight was, but let's say you said shout out to Phoenix and he's from Tucson, you know what I mean? But he's got a look on him, doesn't he? He is haunting, dude.
0: Yeah, that's going to be one of those pictures later on. Like, hey, you remember this? I'm coming for <laughs> you. Yeah. What's up He'll now? I beat my ass, too.
1: <laughs> you're, the guy, you're the guy that was supposed to put, you know, I was supposed to go on a field trip. And the windshield broke, and then you showed up and <laughs> bent the damn thing, and I didn't get to go on the because <laughs> oh, of you. No, I'm just kidding. But tell me, you know what? Um, when you did that, when you held the glass and bent, did the customer kind of go, Oh bitch,
0: because he knew, like, oh, this thing's delayed. Like, did, could you tell he was pissed? That's what oh, I would yeah. no. Sometimes you, you could tell, you could tell, like they get pissed, you know. And some of them will tell you straight up, you know, that you know, and then The thing about it is some of it is based on reviews. Your pay is based on reviews and um, surveys. Yeah. So, like. So, you got to stay cool then. You got to stay cool. Yeah. Yeah, Remain calm. But sometimes, like, you know, you get that review and it's a detractor and now you got that. And then, you know, your pay reflects it. So, uh, I definitely don't miss that job. That's for sure. Safe flight repairs.
1: Safe flight replace. Are
2: you tired of doing that? Dude hurt my brain (laughs) i just thought of something so when you're taking out that windshield to put it on that means the other one's already off so Mm -hmm. if that guy can't come bail you off (laughs) you have to put the other one back on right and then go Oh
0: no you you can't put the old one back in so you just leave them with no windshield (laughs) no windshield you gotta you know hopefully they have a garage somewhere or maybe they could watch it for a little bit while you take off but so when you pull the windshield out and you lay that fresh glue and you're going to go lay in that windshield and it cracks. So now, once you take out that windshield and you lay that fresh glue, you got to go get the new glass. And you got to come back. And that's that glue is is wet. And you get it on anything. Your clothes, the customer's vehicle, it, it does not come off. So wow. you got to deal with that, too. You got to scrape it off and restart the whole process again.
1: Holy cow. Okay, this is more complicated than I thought. My guy kind of made it look easy. But I'll tell you a funny story. He showed up. And he goes, oh, it's the wrong one. You have a Akio Nero something? And I go, yeah, but wrong year, wrong model. I don't know what. He goes, you're not going to believe this. And I kind of went, oh, bitch. Like I said it to myself. but like, oh, Because <laughs> like, you set the time aside. You're waiting. It was a hot day, you know. And he came and messed it up. And then I think we had to, like, wait enough, a few more days before we got the right one in. But, man, this thing, had he taken mine off you know, and then I'm sitting there with,
0: with no windshield.
2: Woo-wee.
0: Oh yeah. No, before, when I get there, I look at the windshield, make sure there's the right sensors. Cause you got to check that. Yeah, You got to make sure everything goes back. Uh, make sure, you know, same, same size, you know, same, you know, curve before mm-hmm. I even pull that thing out. So that's, that's a, that's a rookie Let one. Ask you another rookie one. Let
1: me ask you another one here because I was reading about the top athletes the richest athletes right and there's a couple guys who have stories like I think there was a guy named Antoine Walker and I'm thinking yeah he did sign one big contract he's an NBA player uh what's up he was kind of a little overweight and stuff but he could ball but apparently he's like close to being a, a billionaire or something like that and what happened was he wound up being he wound up buying a lot of fast food restaurants because he went to fast food but somehow he had this business acumen and next thing you know he's one of those guys that what like owns 80 chick-fil-a's or something like that right and i wanted to ask you uh safe flight repair safe light, whatever it's called um would you ever go back and buy a franchise of it like can you say it's a successful business are you ever motivated like that like something you've done you'd like to go back but on a grander scale i guess that's what i'm asking uh,
0: that's definitely doable you know the, um I wouldn't mind that the only thing that I did not like about that job was working here in Phoenix because Mm -hmm. of the summers, you know, other than that, that job was, was easy, you know, and you could make, you know, pretty good money, especially if you own the actual business, if you're self-employed, you can make, you know, easy money. Um, and like I said, but the only thing that sucked about it was just being here in Phoenix and the summers, I would say. And then on top of that, trying to make it in MMA, trying to make it to the UFC, um, so if it was your only focus, easy money.
1: All right. I like it. I like this guy. Go it's gotta get him on more often, man. I, I've been telling <laughs> people the whole last two months, hey dude, Sterling versus uh O'Malley, and we got font versus Yadong before the, the whole you know switcheroo, and mm-hmm. we got Sohudo and man manomwaits, and I I I just I wasn't giving you any love, man. I somehow I was getting to a certain point of the card, and then I, I would circle back to talking to the fighter. We got to talk about Batista and Garbrandt. They're on this card as well, folks. I love it again when the champ defends, and then there's a few matchups in the same division because Mm -hmm. there's a spotlight on the division, and I think that's where just stuff can happen. You never know, Mario. I mean, I've seen crazier things. I would honestly weigh in at 135 instead of win 36. You just never know what might happen. Now, I believe Homie's your teammate, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're not wishing that on him, but... I, I forget which one it was. It was the one with Habib, and he was supposed to fight first uh, Holloway, and then Quinta and then Felder weighed in. But, he, you know, I forget. It was a mess. Um, but uh, crazier things have happened. But, you know, the nice thing is you're on the same timeline as as the champ, you know, and, and, and like I say, there's a big spotlight on it.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know if you remember, remember Joe Soto was making his debut mm-hmm. And he was going to, someone was going to fight TJ. I forgot who dropped out of the TJ fight for the title fight. And they Mm -hmm. gave the title fight to Joe Soto on his debut. So, uh, yeah, I've seen crazy things like that happen before. That's
1: crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's awesome that you remember that. Um, I'm going to look it up. I know Soto did step in. I just can't remember for who. Um, All right. Last question for me. I know Ghost probably might have some more. But um, fight ready and fight lab. Are you guys in any way like uh, now they're called Kill Cliff and ATT or like respect? But there's a rivalry.
0: Oh, th- there's definitely a rivalry be- between us, you know, especially through the um, through our local guys for sure. Because I-, I fought some guys from over there, um, or one guy actually, and uh, yeah, we we don't like losing to those guys, you know, and and I don't think we. I don't remember the last time we've lost to them, so it, it's definitely a, a local rivalry we have here.
1: Because, see, I heard those guys won't really cross-train back and forth, but here in Vegas, the Syndicate and the um, Extreme Couture guys, it doesn't happen often, but I've seen them go back and forth, a few of the athletes, so it doesn't seem to be like, like that type of rivalry. But you're saying over here that that's not really happening between you guys?
0: Uh, no, you know, we've had some guys, like, leave our gym and head over there um, but you know, we have a team here, you know, we, we, we're here for each other, you know, like if someone's getting re- if Marcus McGee is getting ready for a fight, I want to be there helping him out. You know, I don't want him leaving, going to another gym, you know, getting hurt or something over there and then, you know, making his own schedule or whatever. We're all in the same schedule. We're all have the same goal. So if you're not a part of it, you know, it, it, it doesn't really help us.
1: Mm-hmm. How is it between you and O'Malley? I know you got to be cheering for your teammate against the champ on the same night that you fight. But at the same time, you're going to get the question. I'm not going to ask you, would you fight? I'm not going to do that. I just want to know, how is it like cheering for him, wanting him to chase and get his dream, but knowing you're either a couple years or a certain set amount of fights from wanting to be in the same spot? Like, does that mess with you at all? Or do you just let life, the world revolve and just it happens the way it happens?
0: No, uh, uh, exactly like that. Whatever happens, happens. But I'm rooting for, for O'Malley, you know. Uh, I think it was about 10 years ago I showed up to the gym, and then Sean showed up a month later. And, you know, just watching him grow and have all this success, like I wish him nothing but the best, you know. And, and he's a really good friend of mine, you know. I, I've done so many rounds for him, like sparred with him to help him get ready for these fights. So, um, uh, you know, I, I want him to win, and and I definitely think he can this one. Man, that's outstanding to hear that,
1: um, the camaraderie between you guys and you guys being on that same timeline. So just a month apart, you showed up, huh?
0: Oh, yeah, a month apart. Mm-hmm. And then I think a month later, um, uh, Kyler Phillips showed up, too. So, oh, he's cool, actually, yeah. I like him, yeah. too. We also we have an old photo of us. Like, I think we're all still amateurs. I took a picture of us, all young kids, you know, uh, just getting beat up by the pros back then. So, uh it's cool to see how far we've come together
1: yeah um the last thing that enters my mind here because honestly you're a pretty cool cat to talk to hopefully we didn't take up more time than we requested um you know when izzy was fighting cannoneer he had a lot of respect for crouch and your gym what did that feel like to hear that from one of the best out there and not that you need that type of reinforcement but i think it's pretty cool you know what i mean to to kind of hear that, to know that the general in that gym is respected by uh, a warrior, a gladiator from, you know, who competes at a high level because he knows there's some knowledge, you know, on both sides. So, do you remember that? Uh,
0: yeah, you know, and I think a lot of people respect the gym, you know, uh, I think we've been doing it for about, I think 17 years now, a coach has been there. So, um, you know, we've had guys like, like Benson, you know, Henderson, who's gotten that UFC belt, you know, defended it, you know, and has done amazing things. And we have LFA belts and everything. So it, it was pretty cool to hear Otis that, you know, uh, talk good about our gym, you know, real recognizes real. And uh, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty awesome. All
2: right. Goose? Uh Last thing for me, man. Like if you were to kind of anticipate the future, what would you say if we were to have this conversation a year from now,
0: what would we be talking about? Ooh we would be talking about who I'm fighting in, in the top five for sure and what what fights will lead me to the title, I, I think, uh, by next year. Definitely.
1: I love it. All right, Mario. Thanks for the time. We hope to do this again more often with you. You seriously you really do communicate yourself great, man, as a professional fighter. So many fighters lay an egg when we talk to them. You know, and we're like, ah, you know, not that we tune out. We have to do our jobs, but – you know what I'm saying? Because I know what jumps at the, jumps off the page as well to our readers, to our listeners. I hope you gain a, a, a ton of fans here, not just from this interview, other interviews, but the fight itself that's headed your way. Um. So again, thank you for your time
0: today and good luck with everything. Awesome, guys. Thank you. I, I appreciate it.
1: For being a quiet fella, he was definitely charming in his own way, especially those safe flight, replay, safe flight, re, what, what is it?
2: Safe flight, repair, safe flight. Reply? Safe flight,
1: replace, yeah, safe flight, repair, safe light replace, um, which kind of doesn't make sense, safe flight, repair, safe flight, yeah, I guess it does, okay, they repair your windshield, and then they replace it, um I'll always be thinking of him when I see someone on the side getting their windshield replaced here in Nevada, it's just as hot as Arizona, and it's, if that thing starts to bend, that's it, you're leaving the port sap without a windshield, mm-hmm. um, but uh yeah he was he was a good sport in that regard
2: yeah he was a uh, um i like that he knows what he wants and he goes after it
1: and he this kept real. Is. he's, he's going to be for rooting for his partner O'Malley, but he, in a, in a couple years he'd like to fight for the title too
2: yeah this this fight came from him asking for this particular matchup and he got it so i mean fighters that say uh, whatever the UFC gives me, or whatever, like you have to see that this actually works. It's no disrespect to Mario Batista, but he's that—that's a stacked division, you know. Mm-hmm. But he—he he was still able to voice his opinion and get what he wants.
1: Yeah, I agree. Which is something similar to what DC said. He said about Tony Ferguson, he's either got to go somewhere else or just start fighting lesser competition. Well, Cody Garbrandt is like a Ferguson-type name, you know. Both former champs, Garbrandt undisputed, Ferguson interim. But both guys had incredible win streaks at one point, and then they started to take a few more L's than than wins. Definitely Tony with those six six in a row. And no disrespect to Mario Batista, but he's lesser competition in that he's just not as high-ranked as some of the other names that Garbrandt's mixed it up with over the years. I think Ferguson would have to do something like that, or like like DC said, he's just might have to move on to another promotion, you know, where maybe he can have a resurrection of sorts. Who knows? I just don't know if Tony's ego would allow that because he wow. still sees himself as kind of rubbing elbows, you know, like if somebody were to go, hey, let's get all the top USC, let's get the top three USC lightweights up there. You'd see Tony walk up there kind of like mm-hmm. start to look around. Okay, where's Makashev and Chucky Allis and channel? What are you doing? I you know, like whatever he – he still kind of feels like he's there man i don't know yeah yeah fixing his tie like that uh like greg toland <laughs> uh, just one of the guys before he's about they're about to crown the king of the prom or so. Like <laughs> i wonder if any, i wonder if anyone will even get that joke goes you know the other day when i read anthony anthony's comment on spinning back click as we were finishing up his comment i said all right anthony buzz off or something like that i know you're gonna go get the papers get the papers and you and Fada and uh, Danny, no one really reacted to that. All right, fine. I'm corny. I'm dumb. I'm old. But there was one guy that reached out to me on YouTube. He goes, dude, I was fucking dying. He goes, I caught that. That's from Goodfellas. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a good little laugh about it. So even if one person catches these, good. that's good enough for me. All right. We'll wrap up with this. Sanhagen versus Swant. It's this Saturday on ESPN, folks. Tune in, obviously. This is a big fight, speaking of this division, because the Vannaway division is going to get talked about a lot here in the month of August. Not only do we have Batista versus Garbrandt, we have uh, Font versus Sanhagen. It was going to be Font versus Yadong, but we got to mention Yadong out there, uh, regardless of who he winds up fighting. Um, And we also have the title fight as well. And then we have, what were you going to say, guys?
2: Um He was involved in a stick-up, right? Last night or the night before or something like that? He was? Yeah, I think um him and somebody else got robbed at gunpoint.
1: Ooh. I'm reading this. It says, drunk UFC fighter. Song <laughs> Yidong revolves reveals the shocking moment he was held at gunpoint in San Francisco. Ranked UFC fighter... So Song Ita revealed he and a friend were robbed at gunpoint in San Francisco on August 2nd. Yang made the revelation in a video upload on August 3rd, and this was the translation. For the first time in my life, I was held at gunpoint. Young impersonated a gun with his fingers. Last night, my friend and I drove back to San Francisco, sorry, to Sacramento from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. On the way back, we were robbed by four black men at gunpoint. Okay, Sorry, Yadong didn't disclose whether he was scared or not, just that he was a little drunk. Going on to explain how his friend was the designated driver, but they stopped for gas. They stopped at a gas station to buy Yadong some water. Uh, Then he drove around and looked at a couple gas stations that were dark, and then he went to one of the ones with the brightest lights. When we got there, these four black people who robbed us were already there. They were not following us. They were waiting for a victim. They're all set, hoods on, license plate blocked. Uh, Yodong explained how his friend was held at gunpoint. After exiting the car to buy water, the man, this is the quote, the man told him to hand over his money, his wallet, his necklace, and hit him with the handle of his gun, Yodong described. described. Whether the robber has a knife or a gun, give him the money right away. Don't interact with him too much. If he gets mad and shoots you, you're screwed. Thankfully, both Yadong and his friend appear to be fine. Um, wow, crazy, huh? Yeah. Where did you see that? Was that on Junkie? I didn't see that on Junkie.
2: I saw it this morning. Hmm. Or, or maybe hmm. last night.
1: Well, I'm glad he's okay. Well, that's scary. That's scary when the gun comes out and then you, and then you're getting pistol whipped. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, just to finish what I was saying, yeah, Garbrandt versus Batista, Sterling versus O'Malley, uh, Font versus Sanhagen, Vera, Cheeto Vera is fighting Pedro Munoz, um, and the aforementioned Song Yidong is a big player as well. He was supposed to fight Font, but they pulled Font to fight Sanhagen because Sanhagen's opponent. Um, fell off who was sent who was San Higgins opponent? I forgot. Now I'm confused. It was initially um was it Ermi um, Nurmagomedov? Yeah it was um, Omar Nurmagomedov. that's right okay sorry there's been a big switcheroo of so many fighters that were supposed to do so many things um I'm
2: I'm gonna be an idiot here because I wrote off Rob Font in his last fight. And he looked so good that, I, and I felt so dumb afterwards that I said, I, "I'm not going to do that again." But Sam Hagen is such a unique opponent. His style, his size, I had to go against him again, dude. I couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah, it happens. Start notice. What can you do? Um, Tatiana Suarez against Jessica Andraj, Dustin Jacoby versus Kennedy and Chekwu. And there's a few names here that I think we've become fans of, close with recently. Ode Osborne, he does a lot of our watch-alongs. And then Billy Q goes. Billy Q's on the card as well.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it should be fun. He fights Damon Jackson. Again, on ESPN on Saturday. Let me give you a quick start time here just because they do move around a lot. Being on ESPN, one thing is sometimes they'll relocate you to early afternoon um, this one, folks, starts on ESPN at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 Eastern for the prelims. And then the main card, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. But it looks like it all might be on ESPN, nice. at least according to Junkie's schedule there. The tab at the top, the uh, schedule tells you everything. And sometimes it'll say ESPN Plus for the prelims, but it looks like all of it could be on ESPN, so that's pretty cool. All right, folks, we got to get on out of here. Hopefully you enjoy your weekend. Keep it locked on MMA Junkie for the best coverage in mixed martial arts. One last thing, the World MMA Awards has put out their list of the top um, athletes and fights and brands and holds and everything. Media sources, journalists. uh, It's the highest honor we have in our sport. We've been lucky enough to win six awards the junkie team the junkie family five best media sources and uh the original best journalist was john morgan back in 2008 2009 Mm -hmm. Uh, and then ariel hawani has gone on his incredible streak of the last 13 16 something like that but anyway um nolan king has been nominated this year and Mm, we are behind nolan king he does great work And I applaud him, especially because he's taken a liking to that legal side of things. And so he's been all over the King of Alaska stuff. Uh, You know, that was a big deal last year. And aside from, you know, he's kind of been our Bellator guy as well. But, man, I can tell you everything you want about UFC, the up-and-comer scene. You see him on spinning back click. So hopefully, if you can set the time aside to vote, we would love your vote. For MMA junkie for best media source and Nolan King for Best Journalist. And may I just say I also thought Mike Bond should be nominated. I think he should be nominated every year. He's a beast. That's why I always introduce him as the MMA Media Titan. Um and he's been a colleague for with of ours for over a decade now. So that's unfortunate. I would have loved to have both guys there. And I
2: agree with that.
1: Yeah. And anyway, so, yeah, take the time, hopefully, folks, to do that. We'll be pushing online for the next month or so. So if you see it out there, uh, it doesn't take that long, but just, you know, you register right quick, boom, and then you just go in there and fly through the different things. And I want to make one more pitch. Jenny Andraj, for um, Ring Card Girl. She has been one of the friendliest ring card girls when it comes to the Junkie Nation. She loves Junkie Nation. She already sent me a WhatsApp goes pick of her vote for Junkie, and I told her I would uh, tell Junkie Nation to do her thing. You know, she hasn't done as many shows, but you see her kind of behind the scenes. In Brazil, it looks like she hosts a show or is a co-host on a show that talks about it. So even though her visa won't allow her to do stuff here in the United States, she's done London, she's done Abu Dhabi, she's done it when they're in Brazil. So she does what she can. She went so far as to tattoo UFC, you think it's on her hip or something like that. But um, such a sweet gal. Um, we've had a few of them actually stop by or whatever, but I, I don't think I've ever seen one interact with the fans as nicely as Jenny has. So she gets our vote as well. One of these episodes that comes up, goes, and I will sit through and go through uh, our list, and maybe we can do it together. But if you can get a jump on it, that'd be awesome. And on Monday, goes and we'll be doing Spinning Back Click at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. It's available on YouTube live and also Facebook. So check it out. It's also now a um, an audio podcast. So mm-hmm. same place, you grab Junkie, grab Spinning Backlit. You'll like it. All right, folks, we're out of here. Go out and be a champion. Take care.